well, this morning we're going to have a wonderful man of God that's going to come and bring the word. And I, uh, I have really appreciated this man over the years that, uh, that I've been here at MCC. Uh, he's one of the, the first guys actually that, that spoke a, a prophetic word over my life um, when I was going through a very difficult time. And uh, just really blessed my heart. And um, uh, over the uh, last couple of years, we've gotten to know each other and we've become good friends. And, uh, and Jim is helping us out along with Sam Benton, which I think is in the back. I see you, Sam. Uh, they're doing some pastoral care, so you might get a phone call from either Sam or Jim. And uh, they're just a wonderful blessing to us. So without further ado, would you just bless Jim as he comes up? Good morning. I'm really glad to be here. I'm really glad you're here. I'm really glad the Holy Spirit is here. <laughs> and I also just want to acknowledge a couple of my very best friends in the whole world that just happen to be here today. Josh Holland right over this way. Don Wright way back in the back. And uh, they just also happen to be two of the best preachers and Bible teachers in the whole city of Charlotte. Isn't that amazing? But I'm more grateful for the fact that they're two of my best friends in the whole world. Thank you, guys. And through an amazing series of events, they just happen to be available to come today, which I'm really, really, really grateful for. Well, anyway, um, I don't know about you, but 2020 has been kind of a bewildering year. Any of you kind of feel that way? And uh, I don't know where the slides are at the moment, but uh, there they go. And when your plans run aground, how many of you had plans when you started 2020? You know, maybe plans even last week or last month and, and the plans all get rearranged, you know, plans for weddings, plans for this and that, vacations, plans. And oftentimes they ran aground, they got canceled. You, you had season tickets for the Hornets or the Panthers or whatever you had plans for and they all ran aground. Isn't that something? And the subtitle is Handling Storm, Shipwreck, Snakes, and Other Blessings in Disguise. You know, all the stuff that we've gone through this year, I'm going to prove to you in the next half hour, they're blessings in disguise. And first of all, this is going to be an interactive uh, message. That's why I brought the microphone up here. Because you know what? I, I realized this week, Jesus, when he preached and taught, he asked questions to people. And sometimes they ask questions to him. It wasn't just one-way communication. It was interactive, right? And here's my first question. Acts chapter 27 and part of Acts 28, it's all about a storm and a shipwreck. Why is it that God would spend an entire chapter and a half of his word telling us about a storm and a shipwreck? There's also storms in the life of Jesus. He walked on water in one storm. He's asleep in the other storm. Storm in Jonah's day, a famous storm. But why is it that God spends an entire chapter about a storm and a shipwreck? Here's the answer, since I don't hear anybody. Uh, you know, I told the, guy, the sound guys that I'm in a mood. I might get off the platform and just start roaming around. And they said, Jim, social distancing. So <laughs> stay, on, stay on the platform. We'd like to keep you on the camera. The reason is this, because we all go through storms and shipwrecks in life. And God wants us to understand what's going on. 
And in the next half hour, you're going to find out a little bit better what's going on. What was this all about? Storms are a common thing in life. Look, look, look at some of these, uh, these storms uh, that we see. Look, there's a famous storm, the Titanic. <laughs> Why are these storms impact us so much? Because we've all gone through a storm. Maybe not like that. Maybe it didn't hit an iceberg. Maybe it's like the, the next slide here. Oh, the Carnival cruise ship Costa Concordia. How many of you want to go on a Cardinal cruise after this? You know, you wake up one, one morning and you say, uh, Ethel, I, I, I don't think the ship's supposed to be like this, you know? <laughs> and, and, and then there's another famous one. Look at this one. They had plans. This was supposed to be a three-hour tour. It ended up being an entire TV series. Now, how many of you had plans like this and you, you ended up with a bunch of strange people on a strange island and, you know, it was strange, you know? And then the next one, up, oh, there's Tom Hanks and his friend. Unexpected situation. Okay, here, here's the next question. What was the name of Tom Hanks' friend here? Wilson, exactly. You know, he didn't have anybody to talk to, so he had a volleyball. He talked to the volleyball. Some of you in 2020 during the lockdown wish you had a volleyball. <laughs> wish you had something like this you could talk to. Well, anyway, so here's the funny part about Acts chapter. There's a lot of funny stuff in here, really. If you really see the word of God accurately, there's funny stuff in there. Now, this is the caption. Acts 27, Paul sails for Rome. What do you think about when you say Paul sails for Rome? It sounds like he just said, you know, I kind of feel like going to, to Rome. The weather's good this time of year. Maybe I could visit the birthplace of David Coletta while I'm there. <laughs> Paul sails for Rome. It's not like that. It's not like it, that caption's a weird caption. He was a prisoner. He wasn't in control of the situation. He was, he was a prisoner going to Rome. He was sailing because he was going to be on trial with Caesar, you see? So sometimes we have plans, but we're not always in control. And we found out in 2020 that, that a lot of times other people had plans for us. <laughs> How about that? And, and look at the plan in verse 3. This ship was scheduled to make several stops. <laughs> it was scheduled to make several stops. Well, it turned out it didn't go anything like that. And some of your 2020 didn't go anything like what your schedule was. Some of you had a, you know, your, your daytime or whatever kind of planner you had, you had 2020 mapped out. You, you knew what your life was gonna be like, your job was gonna be like, your church life was gonna be like, your, your, your family. It didn't turn out anything like that. Mm, mm, mm. Well, it was scheduled to make several stops. Blessing in the skies, number one. It said, we encountered strong headwinds and we lost a lot of time. Now, <laughs> I wish we had more time and I could really ask you guys to think about why would a headwind be a blessing? See, if you're in an airplane, you don't want a headwind. The, the airplanes, uh, you might not know this, they, they spend a lot of money to figure out how to have tailwinds instead of headwinds because headwinds make them go slower, make them use more fuel, and it takes more time. Why 
are headwinds, a blessing in disguise. And I thought about this. You know, there's two things that a headwind is beneficial on. One is kites. It's probably been a long time since you flew a kite, but let me remind you. If you have a kite, you want to go into the wind. Why is that? Because it makes the height go higher. And also for eagles, the same kind of principle. Isaiah 40, 31. Those who wait on the Lord will be like eagles. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. You see, as you go into a headwind, you go higher. One of God's purposes in your life and my life in 2020 for its headwinds. Yeah, it was harder. You know, we're trying to go forward. The wind's blowing in our face. It, it, it's, it seems to be more difficult. He's calling us higher. Many, many people have shared the, the verse, Revelation 4, verses 1 and 2 this year. And in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the crisis, in the middle of the stuff, he says, come up higher. Come up here. You'll have a different perspective. So thank God for the headwinds because it's all intended to make us go higher. Wow. Well, here's the good news. You know, what about that? The last part of that verse is that we've lost a lot of time. How many of you feel like you lost some time in 2020? You know, everything was harder. Everything was more difficult. Everything was more, it's like, you know, trying to trudge through the sand. You don't, you don't seem like you're making much progress. But the good news is this, Joel chapter 2, verse 25, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. If you feel like the swarming locust has eaten part of your year in 2020, hey, I have good news. God can make up for you what that was lost. He can make up for you the time that was lost, the energy that was lost, the finances that were lost. He can restore to you what was lost. Man, that's good news. Is anybody happy about that? That's good news. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Well, what's the next blessing in disguise here? This is one of my favorites. Downsizing. How many of you think downsizing is a blessing? You know, just a couple years ago, I was moving. And, and Jen Mesco, now known as Jen Reed, offered to help pack up my kitchen. I said, great, fantastic. Pack up my dishes, pack up my silverware, you know, maybe some food and things like that. But Jen got there and she started looking at some of the food items. She said, this is past the expiration date. <laughs> and then she started looking at some of my vitamins and, and some of my medicine and prescriptions. He said, this is past the expiration date. We need to throw this out. I, I don't know about, do you, do you look at the expiration? I don't. And I said, Jen, it's perfectly fine. Just, just because that aspirin is 10 years past the expiration date, it, it's really just fine, you know, just because that, those baked beans are three years past the expiration date, date, date I'm, you know, I'm not going to die from that. You see what I mean? But, but, but here's the principle. Some of you have some stuff in your life that's past the expiration date. You got some relationships that should have been thrown out years ago. 
You, you got some fears and anxieties and disappointments and all kind of stuff that's past the expiration date. You got some grief. We, you know, we've all gone through some grief at times, but it's past the expiration date. It's time to, to have the joy of the Lord back. You know, weeping endures for the night. Joy comes in the morning. Hey, it's morning. It's time to, to start rejoicing. Well, look at this. Downsizing as gale force winds continue to batter the ship, the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. Wow. You know, it might be time. It might be time. You might want to nudge somebody next to you. It might be time. Throw some things overboard. It's past the expiration date. Why was it that they wanted or needed to throw some things overboard? It's a matter of priorities, you see. Because the priority was that there was 276 people on this ship. Isn't that interesting? They tell you the exact number. 276 people were on this ship. The priority was saving the people. It didn't matter about the gear anymore. They might have thought the gear or the cargo and all that stuff was valuable. It's not as valuable as the people. Here, here's a trick question I like to ask people sometimes. Okay, you're in a house, catches on fire. You only got three minutes to get out yourself and any, anything you wanted to take out. What would you take out of your house? What would you make sure got out of your house? <laughs> yeah, it's a trick question. Now, some of you will think, I want to take my computer. I want to take my iPad. I'm going to take my flat screen TV. I want to take my stereo system. People have all kinds of things. Here's the correct answer. You want to take your kids. <laughs> you want to take the people. You want to take your spouse. It's about the people. You see, and when you're downsizing, you're aligning yourself to God's priorities. You're saying the cargo doesn't matter. The, the, the ship's gear doesn't matter. We want to do whatever we can to survive for the people. 2020 was a year of downsizing, getting rid of some stuff. It was painful. How many of you like to, to be pruned, you know? Jesus said, hey, I got good news. I'm the vine, you know, I, I'm the vine, you know. And uh, if you want to bear more fruit, how many of you want to bear more fruit? Yes, great, awesome, fantastic. <laughs> I will prune you. I will downsize you. And you know what? It hurts when you have stuff cut off of your life. But he cuts off the stuff you don't need anymore. He cu cuts off the stuff that's just hindering, that's just sapping the energy and the life out of you. Because he wants you to bear more fruit. He wants you to be more blessed. But it hurts. And it's a downsizing kind of experience. Wow. Navigation blackouts. Well, let's, let's look at the next slide. <clears throat> the terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. See, the thing, it's hard for us to understand the navigation systems we have are like, you know, like GPS. And, and we can tell where we are, tell where we're going by GPS. How many of you have ever tried to go someplace with your GPS and you were making progress, and all of a sudden it quit working or led you the wrong direction. That's a terrible feeling. 
Well, these guys, their navigation system was the stars, the sun, the moon, things like that. And they would look there and say, oh, we're going north, we're going south, oh, here's where we are. All things in this situation were blacked out. They couldn't see it. No more navigation. Didn't know where they were going to go. Wow. <clears throat> How could that be a blessing? Sometimes God will black out all of your navigation systems, even the counselors that had given you such good counsel or the, the people in your life that, that had helped you with your navigation. It's all blacked out. The reason is this. Proverbs chapter 3 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. God wants us to have an internal navigation system. And because of that, sometimes he'll block out all the other stuff. Oh, there's no church for a month. Well, that used to be my navigation system. I used to come and, you know, get words from the Lord you know, as I came to church. You know, he, he'll blot out all the navigation stuff because he wants you to listen to his voice. He wants you to have an internal navigation system. He wants you to have your hope in him. And that's the other part of this. Look what happened to these guys. All hope was gone. Because their hope was in their outward circumstances. Their hope was in their own intelligence. Their hope was in their own ability to figure out where they were going. And now that they couldn't depend on outward things, they had no hope. Mm. We walk by faith and not by sight. That's what Paul said. And here's an amazing thing. For these sailors, all hope was gone. We're going to see in just a second. For Paul, all hope wasn't gone. What was the difference? Because Paul had a word from God in the middle of the storm. These guys were looking to the stars and looking to the to, to the moon and the sun, and, and they couldn't see anything, so their hope was gone. Your hope is never gone if you have a word from God. Your hope is never gone if you can hear his voice. Your hope is never gone if you can feel his presence. And here these guys are, and this, talk about 2020. This is a, a prophetic word for 2020. I wish I would have read it in January. How about that? <laughs> It says in verse 30, the sailors tried to jump ship. Ah, oh, lots of people in 2020 have wanted to jump ship. Jump ship in their marriages. Jump ships in their jobs. Jump ship in their church. Jump ship and kill on themselves. I mean, there's people that lost hope. And when you have no hope, Nothing seems too radical to eradicate your pain. But you know what? God is the God of all hope. And if we have hope in any storm, it's okay. And we're going to see that in just a minute here. Look at this. Prickly people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, during the lockdown, uh, some of us found out, you know, there's a lot of prickly people, and it might be somebody really close to us, you know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about you, you might have found some people who were more prickly than you realized. Hey, look, look, look at this next slide. This is me. I don't know if you can see. There's a cactus and there's me. And the point of the matter is I'm a pretty nice guy, really, most of the time. But you put me in a pressure cooker, 
You put me under stress, put me in a lockdown, take away the, my guidance system, you, you put me in a rough situation, I can be a prickly person. You know, I'll admit it, I, I can be. Maybe you could be too. Well, here's the interesting thing about, about this story. Who was the prickly person in, the, in this story? Mostly it was Paul the Apostle. Look what he said here, verse 21. Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place. <laughs> have you known anybody like that? The know-it-all person? The, the person that's telling you, you should have listened to me. You wouldn't have been in this mess <laughs> if you just would have listened to me. Oh, my goodness. We've all known people like that. Maybe we've been like this ourselves. He said, you should have listened to me and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. In other words, all this stuff that's going through, it's all your own fault because you didn't listen to me. But the interesting thing about this is that the very person who is the prickly person, the difficult person, the opinionated person, that very person was also the person that had a word from God. Look, look at this. Very next verse. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. Isn't that something? You're going to lose the ship. You're going to lose the cargo. You're going to lose, lose the gear. You're going to lose a lot of stuff, right? But it's okay. You're not going to lose your life. That's good news. That's really good news. Now, how did he know that? How did he know that? The ship was going to go down, but none of you will lose your life. Verse 23 Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. You know, the, couldn't see the sun, couldn't see the moon, couldn't see the stars. But hey, an angel came to fall. How about that? You know, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, it, it's hard to hear from God in the middle of a storm sometimes. Things are all spinning around. There's a lot of noise. There's been a lot of noise in 2020. Have you noticed that? A lot of noise, a lot of stuff. You go on Facebook, a lot of noise, a lot of weird things. But in the middle of the storm, an angel appeared to God, to, to Paul, and look what he said. Don't be afraid. Amen. Several of the songs we, we sang today talked about fear. Don't be afraid. If you just look at the circumstances of what they were dealing with, you'd be afraid, right? But in the middle of the circumstances, there's a word from God. And it says, don't be afraid. Look what it says. You will surely stand trial before Caesar. Gosh, I tell you, I could stop right here. This is the most profound thing you can imagine. Because his destination was to be in Rome, to stand before Caesar, to give a testimony to Caesar. And here's this storm going on. It looks like nobody's going to survive. But here's what God wants to say to you today. No matter what you're going through, no matter how severe the storm is, no matter how rough the waters are, you're going to arrive at your destination. Wow. Just, 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 yeah, yeah, thank the Lord for that. That's an awesome thing. You know? Well, I want you to turn to somebody next to you if you got anybody close by, if you're not distancing, and say, I'm going to arrive at my destination. <laughs> I'm going to arrive at my destination. Now, that's good news. That's good news. Yeah, the, the boat might get destroyed, a lot of things might happen, but I'm going to make it to my destination. Now, that will preach. That's good stuff. 
And what's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. My friends, you are going to arrive at your destination. That is such good news. Wow. Woo. Losing control. We kind of already talked about that. Paul was right from the beginning of the story. He was a prisoner. He wasn't in control. It wasn't like a cruise where you can order from the, the menu, you know, do you want lobster or filet mignon tonight? You know, he didn't have a whole lot of choices, you know. He had lost, lost control right from the beginning. But look at this. The, talk about 2020. The weather changed abruptly. I don't know if you've noticed, the weather has changed abruptly in 2020. I'm not talking about the, the physical weather. I'm talking about should you wear a mask, should you not wear a mask? Should you lock down? Should you not lock down? Who's going to win the election? Blah, blah, blah. I, I could go on and on and on. The weather has been changing abruptly, and that can be disconcerting. <laughs> that can be disconcerting. The weather was changing abruptly. And a wind of typhoon strength burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, and so they gave up, and they let it run before the gale. Lots of people. You, me, probably, have been tempted at times just to give up. I quit. I can't do it. It's too hard, too rough. But one of my favorite verses the last year or two has become Galatians 6, 9. And it says, you know what? In due season, you will reap if you don't give up. <laughs> That's good news. We're going to reap. We're going to reach our destination. You don't need to give up, you know. But it's hard because the message version says they lost all control of the ship. It was like a cork in the storm, you know, you know, just going around. It seems so rough, so difficult. Ah, look at the next slide. Ha, ah, this might be my favorite slide in the whole thing. Verse 27, about midnight on the 14th night of the storm, two weeks into the storm. Have you ever gone through a storm that just lasted and day after day after day? But you know when things begin to change? It was about midnight. I get fired up about that. That's like Acts chapter 16. Paul was in another situation. He was in prison in Philippi. And guess what he was doing at about midnight? He was worshiping the Lord. This is how we fight our battles. <laughs> he was worshiping the Lord at about midnight, and an earthquake came, and, and the chains fell off, and the prison doors opened at about midnight. There's something in at midnight where things shift, where things change, where things begin to, to go a different direction and a different route. <clears throat> Mario Reed and I have been talking a lot lately about this principle. That I could call it the midnight principle. Do you know what? You have enough grace today for the challenges you're going to face today. I have a good guess that you're going to make it till midnight. You've got enough grace. I don't care what you're dealing with. I, I, I think there's a good chance you're going to make it till midnight. The problem is. We're trying to solve yesterday's problems, today's problem, and projecting into tomorrow's problems. And we don't have enough grace for that. You know, we don't have enough grace for that. But here's the good news about midnight. Every midnight, we get a new 24. Every midnight, we get a new infusion of grace. And, and guess what's going to happen tomorrow? You're going to face new challenges. There'll be new storms, more 
and more things happen. But at midnight, you get a new 24, a new infusion of grace, and I believe you're going to make it till midnight again tomorrow night. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Like manna, you know, it, it, they couldn't store it up. It had to come each day, each new day. And at midnight, at midnight, you get a new infusion of the grace of God. That changes your whole perspective, you know? Doesn't mean everything's easy, but it means I'm going to make it till midnight. Wow, I love that. Oops, say that one just a second here. So they're driven across the sea. They sense the land what's near. And this is the funniest verse. They prayed for daylight. Any of you people listen to country music at all? <laughs> Rascal Flats, anybody? For this? They wrote a song about this, praying for daylight. I think that is the stupid, that is the silliest thing in the world. Now, first of all, these were a bunch of pagans. This was not a Christian cruise ship, right? These are a bunch of pagans, but the storm caused them to pray. I'm asking the Lord that the rude awakening of 2020 will lead to a great awakening because a lot of pagans that never really prayed before, that never really cared much, are going to start crying out to God. Now, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> but the funny thing about praying for daylight is I can look on my phone and I can say daylight is going to come at, at a certain time. I mean, I know they, your prayers are really not going to change when daylight comes. You, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes God doesn't change the circumstances. He just wants to change you. <laughs> so these guys are praying for daylight. I don't know. I, I don't know about you. I find that really funny. They're praying for daylight, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, 14 days in the dark. Failure and shipwreck. You know, I, I remember when I was single, I was in my 20s, I went on a date with this lady, and we were just kind of comparing life stories, you know, getting to know each other and everything. And toward the end of the day, she said, <clears throat> you sure have failed a lot. <laughs> if she could see me now, <laughs> and if I could tell her what's happened the last 40 years, <laughs> She'd say, you really share, failed a lot. Yeah. I don't know about you, but we all have our challenges where failure seems to happen. One of the greatest baseball players of all time was Babe Ruth. Any of you heard of Babe Ruth? In his career, he hit 714 home runs. More than anybody else had ever, ever hit. But he struck out 1,330 times. Almost twice as much. What's the point of that? Well, the point is, if you're going to hit home runs, you're probably going to strike out some too. <laughs> keep swinging. Keep, 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 you know, keep swinging the bat. Michael Jordan, they estimate, missed 9,000 shots in his career. 26 times he was trusted to shoot the final shot to win the game. He missed 26 times. Thomas Edison failed a thousand times in his efforts to create a, a functional light bulb. A thousand times. Y you know, we have, to, we have to know how to deal with the shipwrecks, deal with the failures. And, and, and look, at, look at this. They hit a shoal. They ran the ship aground. The stern was repeatedly smashed by the force of the waves, and it began to break apart. A lot of things seem to break apart this year. And look at the next slide. This is incredible. This is a map. So they started, don't, don't change the slide yet here, but they started over here. 
and they, they came across here, and they ended up over here. This is Malta, and there's Rome over here. Have you ever been to Malta, David? Not been to Malta. We, we need to go on a cruise, go to Malta. <laughs> the point of the story is this. They were in this storm. Things were out of control. It was like a cork on the sea. And the storm blew them closer to their destination. When the storm finally ended, when they finally get shipwrecked, they're actually closer to their destination. Now, you feel like the storm is a bad thing. You feel like the storm's against you. You feel like it's, we're not going anywhere. We're going the wrong direction. We don't even know where we're going. The storm blew them closer to their destination. So when you think you failed or you think God's failed, you think everything's failed, just give it a little time. Because you may have just gotten closer to your destination than you ever imagined before. Isn't that something? <clears throat> well, not only did, did they shipwreck on Malta, but God had plans for them on Malta. Isn't that something? Yeah. He had plans. The first plan is a snake. So, so you think, well, we, we survived. We survived the storm. You know, you think... It's kind of like an Indiana Jones movie. Remember, you know, you know, he, he would survive one trial, you know, and he kind of rest, you know, and then just 30 seconds later, there's some other thing. Well, that's kind of what happened here. But even with this, God had a plan. God was working. He was doing some things like that. It was not an accident. It wasn't random. Let, let's look at what happened here in Acts chapter 28. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire. Now, this is an important point. Don't miss this point. Paul, the great apostle who wrote a lot of the New Testament, was a servant. If he was an MCC, he would be setting up chairs. He'd be a greeter. He'd be asking David how he could help because he wasn't too good. He didn't say, well, I'm, a, I'm an apostle. I'm not going to pick up sticks, you know, come on, you know, I'm better than that. I'm more important than that. You know, where's my next meal? You know, come on. No, he was serving. I love that. That's that. Don't miss that part. But as he was serving, he's just doing a good thing. He wasn't doing a bad thing. You know, my parents told me if you do, if, if you're in the wrong place, at the wrong time, bad things happen to you. Well, he was in the right place, the right time, serving God, serving the people, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. Isn't that something? Sometimes we're just going about our business. We're just doing the, the, the right thing. And, uh, <laughs> and it says that the people of the island saw it. That's important. They saw it hanging from his hand. Wow. And they said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. I never really thought about it before. The snake did not only bite Paul, it clung to him. You can't keep the snake from biting you from time to time. But you can keep the snake from clinging to you. You know, many of us, we've, we've dealt with stuff. We've dealt with sickness, disappointment, disillusionment, di yeah, discouragement, offenses, hurts, all, we, we've dealt with stuff, and that's okay, but we're not supposed to let it cling to us. We're not supposed to let it hang on. 
People were watching, and it says, verse 5, but Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and they saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds, decided he was a god. Now, that wasn't right either. <laughs> there, there's a principle here, too. You know, people are watching you. And some people are naysayers. They're going to they're condemn you and, and say you're a loser. You, you know, you know you're, you're a murderer. You're this or you're that. And then there's other times people want to put you on a pedestal. Neither one of those is right. Your self-image, your identity has to come from God. You know? But, but here's the good part of this whole story about the snakes. They were watching. People are watching how you handle 2020. People are watching how you handle the disappointments and discouragements and the challenges, the storms, the shipwrecks of life. They're watching. People are watching. And you know what happened in this case? They realized Paul didn't die. And Publius, the main guy in, in the island of Malta, he said, hey, my father is dying of fever and dysentery. COVID, I guess you could say. And, and come and, and, and pray for him. And so Paul comes and lays hands on Publius's father and he's healed and then guess what happens people on the island heard and so everybody that was sick on the entire island of Malta came and said Paul pray for us and they were all healed you see a revival broke out because of where Paul was shipwrecked and where he was you might not really be all that crazy about being on Malta <laughs> but if you look up look around there's opportunities to represent God and his kingdom, to encourage people, to pray for people, to be a light. People are watching and, and they will be attracted by what they see. What did we learn in this whole, whole time? Great storms make great stories. Great tests make great testimonies. Great stories and testimonies make a great impact. I, I have a friend who recently went through a terrible ordeal with his family. And he prayed and his wife prayed and a lot of friends prayed and through God's amazing grace, a miracle happened and they got through the storm. That's the good news. But you know what my friend said after it was all done? He said, I still don't get it. Why did, why did we have to go through this? We've been faithful to the Lord. We've tithed and even given above the tithe. We've we, you know, we, we don't have sin in our life. We, we're, we're good people. Why do we have to go through this thing? And you see, here's the answer. It's not about you. It's about other people watching and, and about God being glorified through your story, through your testimony that you got through the storm and, and he got through the snakes. You got through the shipwreck. Because there's a lot of people that are still going through the storm, still going through the shipwreck, and still have a snake clinging to them. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Well, last slide. So what about you? <laughs> have you found the blessings in 2020 yet, or you just see the disguises, you know? <laughs> I mean, frankly, some of the disguises are pretty good disguises. It just looks like the devil to me, you know? <laughs> but there's blessings underneath those disguises. There really are. The last thing is, you need to ask yourself, 
Have there been some snakes that have attached to you that need to be shaken off into the fire? Why don't you just stand with me? How do you shake off a snake? Well, you know, kind of like this. <laughs> kind of like this. And I, and I want you to, first of all, just to close your eyes for a second and ask the Lord to search your heart and say, has there been some offense toward a person or even toward God? Has there been some discouragement, some disappointment, some hurt, some pain, some snake that's been clinging to me? Lord, we want to shake it off right now. We want to shake it off right now, Lord. We want to shake it off and say, be gone. Be into the fire. This could be a deliverance session, you know. If there's some depression in your life, some anxiety in your life, some fear in your life, whatever it is, don't let it cling to you. It's okay. You got bitten. That's okay. We've all been bitten at times. Shake it off. Shake it off. Get rid of it. Say, you're not going to cling to me. Fear, you're not going to cling to me. Anger, you're not going to cling to me. Offenses, you're not going to cling to me. Discouragement, depression, none of it's going to cling to me. We can shake it off now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And once you've shaken it off, you can just thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord.